You're listening to the podcast version of Spark TV, a monthly drop of interviews where we have a wine with the world's most inspirational female founders. I'm your host, Danielle Lewis, the CEO and co-founder of Scrunch, a global influencer marketing community, as well as the founder of Spark Founders Program, a global membership for female founders who are ready to grow their business. Our vision for Spark TV is to share founder stories so you might garner inspiration and pick up strategies to shortcut your own success. Before we start, I do have a special request. Press pause and go and get yourself a glass of vino. We've both got one and we want to share it with you. Got it? Amazing. Remember, you can also watch these episodes on our YouTube channel, Spark Founders Program, or you can follow our Instagram account at Spark Founders Program for daily business tips. Now sit back, enjoy the vino, and let's bring a little spark to your business. Amazing, LJ. Thank you so much for being here on Spark TV. Thank you so much, Danielle. I'm excited to be here and to meet you. Yeah, I um, yeah, it was obviously re- you were referred my way when we were looking for a podcast guest, and then that. of course when I uh, delved into your business a little bit, I was like, oh my god, yes, need you on the show, <laughs> need you sharing your wisdom with the Spark community. So why don't we start out with what is EQ Sales? What is your business? Absolutely. So my business sort of evolved, but at the moment, what it is, it's really. Look, I think if you ask anybody what do they think of sales culture, they will probably go ick um, (laughs) in a word. And and I think a lot of people resonate that. So EQ was a real deliberate sort of title for me to really change that. I am very much of a different ilk of a lot of my peers. You know, sales has been sort of run by and, and in a stranglehold by sort of older men for a long time and um, it has really sort of shaped an icky sales culture because Mm. a lot of salespeople don't get taught, um, you know, how to have proper communication strategies and (laughs) and how to have meaningful conversations that aren't relating to sort of pushing people to buy things. So EQ was really a way for me to to go out on my own and explore Mm. ways to help people see sales differently and, you know, particularly young people and women, people are really scared of it and, and sales mm. isn't scary. It's just learning how to influence. And I think it's so important for people to know how to do that. Being able to do it for a commercial benefit is, is also an extra value. So the EQ is really just about understanding that sales is not as tough as people think it is. It's not as hard edged as people is, and it's not as underhanded, you know, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. I love that so much. And look, the listeners uh, into Spark TV are all, you know, female founders, small business owners, startups. So, you know, and the biggest thing we preach is that sales is the number one skill that you need in your life. So I'm so excited to dive into that. Um, But how did you get there? So how did you decide to start the business? Was there a career beforehand or other businesses? What's the story? There was a, a big career. It, it sort of shifted a lot. I started in working in advertising agencies and oh, cool. I love the art of advertising, which is kind of, you know, when you think about the purpose of advertising, it is to sell things. Mm-hmm. So I worked in agencies learning the science and the behavioral science of that and, and understanding, you know, bias and communication, storytelling and, and all those wonderful things that help 
advertisers get people aligned to their brand and ultimately purchase their products. And then I moved into more marketing roles and PR roles mm-hmm. and I kind of fell into sales. Like a yep. lot of people, I sort mm-hmm. of tapped on the shoulder and suddenly I was like, oh, I'll give it a, a shot. And what I noticed was that where marketing taught me price psychology and messaging and storytelling and community engagement and whatnot, sales kind of put me in a seat and gave me a budget and mm. said, go get it with little else as a tool. So part of my learning and, and growing and, and sort of working up that um, leadership chain, I, I got to a point where was like, you know what, there's just not enough here to help people and I, I understand mm. it a lot more than I did and I'm going to go out and I'm going to equip people in the way that I was thought was really relevant and meaningful and and just about two and a half years ago I went and did that right before COVID which actually worked in my favor believe it or not I was one of the lucky ones yes well let's talk about that so um starting a business right at the start of COVID um interesting timing but I kind of you know I'm thinking because you were able to do it remotely all those things people need sales in the time of pandemic so how did it play out for you yeah well it it was sort of a couple months before COVID I was traveling and then that obviously Mm. Uh, was cut short and it really helped. So when I first started the business, I didn't really know too much the business model, but I knew that I used behavioral science and storytelling and sort of leadership and soft skills as a way to drive sales as opposed to sort of hardline metrics and 100 calls a day that was never my style and never will be. And I started by creating content and I was, you know, very brave. I put my face out there and I started (laughs) creating videos just so I could get cut through and Mm. I was lucky in a way that everyone suddenly had really terrible production value. It wasn't just me. Yes. Everyone was filming in their <laughs> bedrooms. Um, and that was kind of what I meant by by being um, easily equipped because I was able to do it at a really low, <laughs> low execution way and get away with it. And it did open it up straight away. I, I um, was able to pick up, you know, international clients because that mm. was very quickly a mind shift in the industry that you don't need to be face-to-face. And yes. I'm now shifting again to a more mass digital because it's by far more scalable. Yeah. And it's interesting as it evolves, right? So, you know, obviously starting out in business, you have one idea of how everything will look, but you kind of are experimenting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like a sales process, right? You know, you're finding what works, what stories connect, yeah. what resonates. Same thing Absolutely. in business. And I, I, you know, I, the more I go into big organizations, the more I realize that I know more than I give myself credit for mm. and that no one really has it down. And, yes. you know, it, it blows my mind. You, you get so at the start, you, you like, oh, you know, I really, I don't have the experience or I, I don't have, you know, the time in the seat or in my own business. And the more you go out and do it, the more you realize how valuable you actually are if you yes. um, meet more and more people, especially in big businesses. And I think that there's a real swing, particularly in sales, supporting mm-hmm. small businesses, because this is an industry where not a lot of people love what they do. So yeah. passion really sells itself. If you can talk about what you do with passion, that's all sales is because it's infectious and that's oh. worked um, in my in my favor many many times now that's so good I love that because you're spot on like a lot of people hate it um and females for some reason especially I think you know like you said a lot of I think every course I ever took around sales was delivered by an old white probably American yeah. guy. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like a sales funnel and it's, it's, it's not even relevant. I mean, people, Mm. 
you know, my generation and younger, we, we don't really use phones in the same way. So to mm. put, you know, a 22-year-old in a desk with a phone and tell them to make 50 calls, they're, they're absolutely shitting bricks because they don't, it's not a tool they use anymore. And I think that yeah. more and more there's that disparity and divide between understanding and, and realisation from what is actually needed. And we have to evolve and remote learning has driven that as well. But mm. there's, you know, I think a lot of big businesses are not going back to full time in the office. There's a lot of old school leaders who are really um, shy of that change and frustrated by that change because it's so different to them. And it's interesting because that's how people coming into businesses feel when they feel that there's antiquated practices and that's not evolving with us. So it's a really interesting time and it's exciting because it teaches, you know, you have to be a better communicator digitally because there's so much noise. I mean, I imagine some of the LinkedIn messages you would get, they're all the same. They, you know, yeah. people don't even, it's hi, nice to meet you by my stuff. It's like, you know, let's just start by you show me what you understand about me and then I'll, I'll give you my time. Exactly. And look, let's dive into that a little bit because, um, you know, people listening in, if they're feeling a little bit like, yeah, I don't really want to sell my wares <laughs> and, yeah. I, or, you know, or I need, you know, I believe in the problem I'm solving so much, but I don't really know how to start getting it out there. Yeah. Like there there yeah. are a few kind of like, um, you know, low barrier to entry tips that feel good that small business owners mm. might be able to get their head around. Absolutely. And you really nailed it. You know, to sell is to solve. And if you can't frame the problem well enough, start there. You know, mm. you don't go, if you want to hang a picture on the wall, you don't go to buy a drill. You go to find a solution to putting a hole in the wall. You know, mm. they say sell the hole, not the drill. So don't sell the problem, sell the product. Uh, sorry, don't sell the product, sell the problem. And people mm. will naturally come to you for mm. that product. And so you talk about LinkedIn. I know that's how we connected. Hmm. Um, that is a huge, huge, incredibly powerful networking tool. And that's what it's about. It's about networking. It's about yeah. developing relationships in a digital space in order to be able to translate them to an offline environment. Hmm. And, you know, be smart with your profile. Talk about the why you do what you do. Talk about what it is that sparks passion in what you do. Because hmm. once you really double down on that, there will be someone that resonates it. In sales, we say, talk to everyone and sell to no one, you know, don't be afraid to be really specific mm. about the problem that you solve. So for me, it was, you know, changing sales culture and, you know, helping people feel comfortable with soft selling. Mm. And that speaks to a lot of people, even though it feels really niche in the environment that I work in mm. and then just be bold with it. You know, I, I, I was very terrified. I, I still kept my first video. Um, someone said to me as an entrepreneur, keep a benchmark of how far you've come and, and reference oh, it because it feels, it feels like you're always sort of looking into this horizon with so far to mm. go. So I found my, I kept my first video and it was very shy. You know, there's a bathroom towel hanging in the background. I just look, <laughs> I look back now and I just think, oh my goodness. But you know, that was a, a strategic decision of mine because video gets good traction. Mm. And the moment you start talking about what you do, people can see that it, it, it brings you joy and it's, people really connect with it so don't be afraid that's probably you know sell the problem you solve have passion have belief in what you do deliver well and honestly that's all sales is I love it so much because I think you are spot on you know when you you think about 
um, the co- sales culture, sales trainings, you know, it is all very, you know, technical funnels, but, you know, it, it does really come back to the passion you have for solving something and then the customer that you're selling it to. And so yeah. if you can bridge the gap by building an amazing relationship, and I love how yeah. you just said, you know, just it's just communication. It's just having a conversation. Yeah. Like that Absolutely. is such a great way to frame it. And, and ask questions. I think in sales, we we think that when we get an opportunity to talk about what we do, it's all about us and it's actually yes. not. It's, it's about your buyer. And if you totally understand the problem you solve, the next step is what are the questions you need to ask to uncover that? And mm. then how can you, all you have to do is ask the right questions, get people to talk about that they have this problem. And then suddenly you, the conversation flows naturally about, well, I can actually help you with this. So, you know, really sit there. If you're a small business owner, sit there and and define the problem really succinctly, make it super simple, communicate it in a way that a five-year-old can understand because that's what you need to to make progress. Mm. And then go, what are the questions that I can ask when I communicate with people or when I am creating LinkedIn content that get people thinking, I think this is a problem for me. And you can help them understand the risk and drive some urgency. And then you can frame the importance and the value of of whatever your solution is. And you'll find that once you ask the right questions, you're so behind your product that you naturally want to help. Because that's what we do as small business owners. We want to, you know, fix the world in some way. Yes, we want to change the world. Yes, that's it. (laughs) So focus on questions, questions, questions. And, And whatever you do, do, you know, it is far more beneficial for you to spend the first meeting with somebody asking questions and getting to know them. Even if you walk away and you feel like you didn't get a chance, it doesn't matter because they're going to feel good because you listened. Mm. They're going to have dopamine hit their brain when you listen. So they already feel like there's affinity. And Mm. then when you follow up for another meeting, you've got some really, really valuable information to actually go and frame and align your solution to. And then the the people are much more likely to meet you again, which is what you want. Whereas if you meet someone and you talk at them for 20 minutes, they walk away thinking this person doesn't, care they don't understand and they certainly why would I you know do anything with them when they have no sort of um, interest in in understanding me absolutely I love that so much it's so it's so simple but you know it is such an industry that people have such you know really do get their back up around but I just yeah. love how you have framed that you literally talked through like an entire sales process and none of it None of it felt no, shit. It all no, felt no. amazing, it's, you know? Yeah. In my logo, I have an E and a Q, and the Q is a, a, um, a speech bubble because mm. to me, sales is just a series of successful conversations and, and mm. that's it. And it's not anything underhanded. And it's okay not to, you don't have to sell. If it's not the right person, mm. you know, have an abundance mindset. There's plenty more people. You've just got to target better. You've got to find them that. better. You've got to ask better questions. So, and that's have more the, conversations. And have more conversations and that's what it is. And, you know, for me, when I first started, I didn't have a client for six months. I spent my time, you know, really understanding my point of difference, Mm -hmm. finding ways to promote myself. And I actually called all my competitors. I had conversations with everyone. If you're an entrepreneur, you'd be very surprised at how open people Mm -hmm. are to Mm -hmm. meeting with you. Um, it, you're not really competitors in the space, which I thought was quite interesting because sales was is really competitive. Mm. But the more people you speak to, the more likely people will go, I know someone who can help. So don't be shy yeah. of, of of rinsing your network and, and having, you know, setting up virtual coffees, 
not on the purpose to sell, but on the purpose to network and understand more. And you'll find that eventually that will, that will turn into a referral, an introduction or a sale. I love that so much because it's interesting, you know, even speaking to your competitors, you know, you often find that you have different points of difference. So they won't be able to service everyone. You won't be able to exactly. service everyone. So that it does, you know, you kind of look at someone sometimes and go, oh, I better not talk to them because they kind of do what I do. But, you know, the yeah. more open you are, the more you'll find those um, collaboration opportunities. Absolutely. And you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You never know. Like I, I got <laughs> one of my first paid speaking gigs from a competitor. Um, cool. To say, yeah, it was, it's, you know, I just can't recommend that enough. And it, mm. it'll also give you a lot more confidence. The more, com- you know, conversations you have about what you do, the more you hone your messaging and the more comfortable and confident you get in that as well. So, you know, more means more. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So talk to me, you just mentioned that you spent the first six months really developing your Mm. offering, really understanding your point of difference. Yeah. Talk to me about the process of going from employee to business owner. What did that feel like for you? What kind of things came up, skill gaps? What, yeah, what was that process like? There, there wasn't a process. I just jumped. I woke up Love one day it. and I thought, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this problem anymore. I'm going to be a part of the solution. I took time off yep. um, and I went traveling. And then I, I I actually moved home with my mother. She's just sitting on the couch. So, you know, so there cool. were things that I did to make that sacrifice. It is a sacrifice, I think, for anyone totally. to work for themselves. I think you have to be some sort of mad, um, but it wouldn't yes. change it for the world. And then I built it as I go. Um, I learned very quickly that I didn't know enough and and I pivoted so much I'm still pivoting you know now and to be really mm. open with that mm. um and to to learn as I go I the first time I paid a wage for stuff I got it wrong I, you know I stuffed it up I just so there's it's okay yeah, it no, is no one, yes no, no one gives you a handbook and that's fine and don't mm. expect to know anything because there's nothing that you can really break that's that bad mm. um and just be radically open-minded with everything you know, and, and understand where you naturally go. Mm. I'm very aware of my strengths and weaknesses in the business now and I play to them and I outsource the things I know that I can't do well instead of trying to be the best at everything. And mm. I think that's really important because you have to do what you do best and then let someone take care of the rest to, to be truly productive and move forward. Yeah, I love that. So you said um, you really can't break anything that badly. It's well, so- I haven't yet. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, actually, his motto in business is move fast and break things. Mm. And it's basically a testament that it's infinitely better for you to progress than try to get things perfect. And I think in business, that's really important to know because, you know, it can be crippling to Mm. try to get things perfect and just give it a crack and work it out as you go, you know. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing I find is that people just avoid it. So the things that they're worried about, they go, I don't know how to do that. I don't know the path to get there or whatever the excuse is. You know, I think that they avoid it rather than kind of taking that mindset of it doesn't matter if I just do it and I stuff it up, like I can fix it, you know, you just learn and stuff it up the second time you do it or the fifth time, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and no, and no one else knows what, perfect looks like either like you know yeah. I can I've I've lost scripts scripts have gone down the middle of you know keynotes mm. and you just keep keep on swimming and you yes. realize that no one knows what you think is perfect so whatever you yes. deliver they're going to be they think is good so it's just that was a really big one for me just to 
to be quicker at producing things and getting things mm-hmm. out there than trying to get things perfect. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. I love that you said people don't know what your version of perfect is. Yeah. I am consistently shocked every time I walk away going, well, I screwed that up. Everyone's like, oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever seen. I know. You go, wow. I I think particularly as women, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We're very quick to criticize ourselves instead of pat ourselves on the back. So, you know, really taken me a long time to do that in business and it's taken you know friends and family to stop and go hang on a minute you need to to just take a moment and reflect and I think being able to force that on yourself as a female founder is really important for for growth and um giving you the confidence to take the next step Yes. I love that so much. So what about challenges? So obviously, you know, business isn't always smooth sailing. Yeah. What kind of challenges have you seen in the last couple of years and what have been, or what have been the big lessons for you? The big lessons for me have been um, outsourced where I can. Mm, um, yeah. I cannot recommend using, using talent. Um, there is so much offshore talent and there are so many more people with specific skill sets so for me trying to do everything was I was just bottlenecking Mm -hmm. um and then the biggest challenge I'm going through now is scaling you know how do you how do I scale me um and that's my Mm -hmm. sort of next chapter but don't but not being afraid to shift and and change I've just done a rebrand and now Mm -hmm. I'm again going into almost my third positioning repositioning of of, of, in two and a half years and that's a lot but Mm -hmm. that's a lot for a Qantas it's not Mm -hmm. a lot for a small business so don't worry about letting go and and Mm. try to sacrifice the good for the great where you can Mm. um and just be fearless like I've I've never doubted what I can do I've doubted how to do things but I think just try to find ways to have unwavering belief in what you do and the rest will come yeah oh my god that's so true um oh my gosh and so much to touch on as well (laughs) like I love so the freelancer contractor outsourcing yeah amazing I feel like you know we don't outsource things that we're bad at because we think we've got to hire a full-time employee and that's scary because you know I don't have enough work for them whatever it might be yeah love the outsourcing model I think that that can really like you said like find people with specific talents but bring in the experts and Mm. you know it's it's actually amazing. I'm working with a young girl from the Philippines. I'm working with a young girl from Pakistan, you know, like, and I love that because I mm. just think we can support women everywhere in the world. And yes. they have skill sets that I would never even thought of. And mm-hmm. just be okay with not being in control of everything. Yes. I think if you're, if you really want to be productive and make large steps, you simply cannot do everything, particularly in a business where we're, you know, not only am I the salesperson, I'm the facilitator, I'm the accountant, I'm the marketer, Mm, you mm. know, I can't be the web designer or the creative director or the learning management system operator. I can't do it all. I don't have that. So being okay with that. And for me, it was really hard to learn how to stop touching everything. I'm still learning that. I'm still getting better at briefing well and stepping away and providing meaningful feedback instead of going, I'll just do it because Mm. I don't want to work 60 hours a week anymore. It's just not productive after a certain point. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're spot on. Like, you know, you've got to play to your strengths because that mm. is where, you know, you talked to the other thing you talked about was scaling. And if you don't mm. have time where you're removed from the business and all of those tasks that you're really not adding any value to, um, you won't have that headspace to think more strategically around how you can scale. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really important. Um, and something I really, I still struggle with is mm. the, the balance of working in the business versus on the business Yeah, because I'm in a client delivery role, you know, clients take mm. a lot of time and they pay, pay the bills, but mm. you know, I learned that early on that if I don't give myself focus to work on my marketing plan or continue to build yeah. out the content or, uh, go in and network, then my business stalls. And that's a really yes. hard thing to balance, um, but and that's something that I'm still learning and certainly haven't got perfect. But you know, it's a it's a journey. It's a journey oh. and it's fun. It's it is. Know, I, I I think um there's there's that part of me that loves being scared or challenged. And I think um once you feel the fear and do it anyway, you know, once you do it, you realize it's not as scary as you think, and then you feel yourself accomplish something, you go, Oh, this is great. And then what's the next? How else can I scare the shit out of myself? It's fun. <laughs> It's, it is. It's so good. And I, I love it. And, you know, you said the word fearless as well, um, you know, before, and it's really interesting uh, in some of the podcasts that I've been doing lately and some of the spark community, you know, that word worthy has come up a lot, like this idea of not being worthy of success or worthy of sales. Mm. But I love that it's like, you know, you are a successful salesperson. And even you are like, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to lie, I've got the fear, but you've got to get out there and do it anyway. And be, you, you know, open to just getting yourself out there because, you know, these, everyone listening is sol- are solving really valuable problems in the world and making an impact, you know, so you've got to push through that fear. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you talk about worthy, you flip the script, you know, think of how there are people who are not worthy of your help and then think these Mm. people are really, um, you know, privileged to get to work with me, you know, give yourself some credit more. And the thing with fear is it's, it's false. It's just a false expectation because we don't know any, we don't know what's going to happen. And I think that that's really important to think that that's just a that's an emotion you're feeling and you can control that and you can tell mm. it to shut up. And I cannot recommend getting a mentor enough. Um, if you do not yeah. have a mentor in business, find one because they help you get out of that headspace, particularly if you work alone. It's just yeah. really important to have someone talk you off that ledge sometime and mm. push you in, in ways that you wouldn't be pushed. I, I can't recommend that enough. It's so good. It's such a great point um, because I think too, never have we lived in a time where it's so possible, you know, mm. to have, to reach out to somebody that you might be following to, you know, join a community to, you know, get a re- like a, a, I guess, more of a mentor one-on-one situation going. Yeah. Like, there's so many options to be supported now as business owners, especially for those who are, yeah, you know, at home in the home office, chained to the desk a little bit and don't have the interaction. Yeah. Um, I think that's such great advice. Any thoughts yeah. on like where to go, how to find people, how to connect with mentors? For me, it's it's always referrals and mm. LinkedIn. If you follow and you resonate with someone, don't, you know, people are more, you know, it's called psychographics. People are more likely to connect with someone that shares their value than mm. any kind of demographics. So talk to their value, read their profile, comment on something they've said and say, this really resonated with me. Can mm. I have some of your time? Um, and then you can ask, there's a, a lot of mentorship programs, but 
there are mm. a lot of people who are willing to share advice and if they're not they might recommend someone or, or have virtual coffees with you regardless so I think mm. the the power of connection and networking is is really important and be smart about how you do it too you know you don't demand you mm. you you offer and you learn and there's um there's so many great people who are willing to help I think with females too um but just go about it the right way just you know you have to demonstrate that you care and then you got to be you got to be ready to be scared because you know my mentor pushes me to make you know and it's scary but it, it does help a lot it with mm. that mentality push so good lj you are incredible let's leave the spark community with one last piece of advice so for those uh, aspiring entrepreneurs who might mm. not be ready they might have the brilliant idea or they just know they want to get out of their corporate job yeah What's advice for someone who might be holding themselves back from starting their business? Start before you're ready. I cannot tell you. I still don't feel like I'm ready, um, but I wish I'd started 10 years ago. That's all mm -hmm. I can say. I wish I started doing what I was doing and just start before you're ready. You know, it's now or never. Pull off the, sa the safety straps. It is not as scary as you think. And it's a lot of fun and you can always get another job. <laughs> so, you know, you really can, you can always get another job, but you know, I understand a lot of people can't jump there, but you know, that I made it work by moving home at 37 years of age. And, you know, that was a big lifestyle. I moved from Sydney. I now live in Brisbane, which I never would have thought. Um, but if you want it, if you want it enough, make it happen. I don't, I know that simplifies a lot of things, but. No, but the simplest best. Absolutely. Really I can. love it. You are incredible. Thank you so <laughs> Thanks, much for Dania. spending your time. You're with welcome. Community. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Danielle. That wraps this episode of Spark TV. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. That helps other amazing female founders like you find us and grow too. You can also follow along on Instagram at Spark Founders Program for daily business inspiration and DM us with a guest you'd like to hear from next. Or even join our community at sparkfoundersprogram.com. Thank you for being here. And if no one tells you today, you got this.